Guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is part two of the evolution of a golfer. In part one, we talked about your roles as a beginner, beginner to intermediate, and the framework or things you should be thinking about or working through to help you establish good habits and start to develop good contact and some awareness for your club face control. In today, when we're going to dig in and we're going to talk about what good players do and how to get there and how to break through wherever your, wherever your plateau has come. Because I think often we get focused or th- obsessed with drills instead of the task. What is the task? Do you have to create better contact? Do you have to gain more control of your ball flight? Do you have to launch it higher with your driver? Do you have to whatever? What is your task? Okay, take the task and then reverse engineer. Don't just go into some drill or YouTube video and say, hey, I need to do this. Well, why are you doing that thing that you're doing? What is the purpose of that? Are you trying to fix your club face? Are you trying to fix your swing path? Are you trying to fix your angle of attack? What's going on? So reverse engineer from the task at hand. All right. Now, I left off last week talking about club face control. Club face control is a long-term deal. We need to be we need to know our club face intimately and develop really good habits that are going to carry with us and carry forward as we evolve with the game of golf. I left off talking about the twisting of the grip to make your club face how you would like it to look. Whether you want your ball to go right or go left, that's going to be influenced by how you grip the club and then how you twist the face. Primarily done with your hands here, not your arms, although your arms are contributors, not your body, although your body is a secondary contributor. It's mainly done with your hands. And we want to develop this skill uh, forever. You know, day to day, week to week, you want to have a consistent grip first, and then you want to understand how to feel different things to work the ball right or work the ball left depending on what your bias is or what you might need to be working on. What I left off with was basically the skills that could take you to maybe shooting in the low 90s, high 80s kind of thing. Now let's work through the 80s and evolve with this game of golf. If we're shooting in the 80s, oftentimes what I'll see with that player is they don't quite have control of their tee ball. They're pretty good at it, but they're not great. They're hitting some fairways, but also they might have a big miss. Big miss right, big miss left, leads to some penalty strokes, and those penalty strokes add up in a hurry. All right, if you're trying to make it into the single digits, we can't have a lot of penalty strokes on the scorecard. As far as technical proficiency goes, we want to become more accurate off the tee, and we really want to hone in on our direction. Now, being more accurate off the tee is kind of a broad statement. It's important. Your tee shots set up the rest of golf. So there's a few things going on here to create a functional drive. Centeredness of hit I think is going highly underrated as far as creating a predictable ball flight. If you're struggling with a slice or you're struggling with a bleeding, spinny fade, oftentimes you're hitting it on the heel of the club, the inside of the club. To fix that, let's get go to the uh, pharmacy, get some Dr. Scholl's foot spray and spray your driver and just start to see, hey, where am I hitting the face? How inconsistent is my face contact? Developing centeredness of hit, big, big deal as far as driving the golf ball well. And then after centeredness of hit, bing, 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 bingo, bango, bongo, we need to work on our directional control by keeping our club face more square through the hitting area. And that's done with our hands. 
at this point, you should have a predominant miss. You should have a ball that goes right or a ball that goes left. Sometimes you'll have a two-way miss. I would much prefer if you had a one-way miss. I would much prefer a one-way miss. So if you're a slicer, we want our, our miss to go left. If you're a hooker, we want our miss to go right. Pretty straightforward. Having a one-way miss makes course management much easier. And it allows us to make more educated decisions on the golf course. And say there's usually not trouble two directions. There's usually not water right and water left. It's usually just water right. So if there's water right and you struggle with a slice, aim that sucker left. Play it on the left side of the fairway. If you hit it in the water, well, you're not likely to hit it in the water because you're aimed for a better starting spot. Developing a one-way miss is a big deal for course management. But long-term, we just got to be, we want to be good drivers of the ball. Being a good driver of the ball is really a skill that's going to carry forward with you as you evolve with the game and, and you play golf at different golf courses. Being a great driver of the ball sets you up to play great golf. Now, being a great driver of the ball, important. Being good is enough to get us into the single digits. So we work on our dispersion, we work on a one-way miss, we're a good driver of the ball. Skills from here, hitting greens. Hitting greens is everything, long-term. The best players in the world hit the most greens. So there's two basic things in that category. I guess there's three if we include course management. The first is that we create good contact, ball first contact. We want our club coming from above, hitting the golf ball, and then hitting the ground in front of the ball. Ball first contact is absolutely essential if you're gonna hit greens. Second, club face control. Creating stability with your club face, hitting the ball relatively high, relatively straight. You gotta do it if you wanna hit greens. Now third, I would include in that is course management. What decisions are you making that lead to you hitting a green or not hitting a green? Course management is something that is very much in your control. What are the starting lines you're picking? What are your aim points? What is the yardage you're playing to? Are you often leaving your ball short or often leaving your ball long? If you look in the mirror or you do the research, many of you are leaving the golf ball short most often. You're not getting it all the way to the green. It's, it's the most common miss is coming up short because of poor club selection or poor contact or just not the honest self-awareness that it takes to know that you don't hit it perfect every single time. It's the way it is. So we want to make good decisions as well. If you're a person who struggles with ball-first contact, towel drill, all-time favorite, put a towel six inches behind your ball and just learn to hit your ball and not the towel, learn to take the divot in front of the ball, move the ball back in your stance. I'm okay with that. Move it back in your stance to do what you need to do to create ball-first contact. Once you're creating ball-first contact, you can then move the ball back forward in your stance and gain some loft back on your shots and be able to hit it higher and stop it more. And I would just inch it forward. So towel drill, create good contact, and then inch the ball back forward to the middle of your stance. Ultimately, my favorite ball position, but this really typically happens more for better players, is to go four to six inches inside your lead heel because that's kind of the perfect blend of low point versus trajectory. My amateur advice is typically put the ball in the middle of your stance. That's a little further back than what I recommend for some of the best players because creating ball first contact is that essential ingredient. Once you have it, you can consider moving it forward more often. Start keeping stats at this point. Maybe you're in the mid-80s. You want to be in the mid-70s. Maybe you're hitting six or seven greens around. Let's move that number up to eight, nine, ten greens around. It's a really big deal. Every green is an opportunity to make another birdie, and that's 
how the best golfers play golf. They hit it down the fairway or close to the fairway. They knock it on the green. All right. Now, you haven't heard me talk a lot about short game to this point. Short game is going to become essentially more important. It's always important, but it really becomes important as you want to be a single-digit handicapper. You want to be good. You want to play with the best. You got to start learning to get the ball up and down 30, 40, 50% of the time. There's a lot to that. I think, firstly, we want to learn to become good with one tool. Learn to become good with one club to chip with. A club like a sand wedge, 54, 56 degrees, will allow you to hit 97% of the shots you need to hit around the greens. And then once you're getting the ball up and down, say 25% of the time, 30% of the time, then maybe consider adding another shot to your bag. You haven't heard me talk a lot about putting yet. Putting is so important. Um, it's unfair that I haven't talked about it yet. It's just putting itself is, there's a lot of ways you can do it well. There are certain things that good players do. You should always practice your putting. Every hole ends with a putt. Putting is much more subjective than some of the other stuff I've talked about. There are a lot of ways you can do it well. However you're going to do it, as long as you can repeat it, you can kind of do how you want. It can be a bit of dealer's choice. If I look at good putters and how good putters generally putt, there are definitely some similarities that I would implore you to, to try. The first is swinging your putter on a relatively relatively straight back, straight through axis. Now that's more of a way to describe it than what's actually gonna happen. That putter's gonna swing a little to the inside. It's gonna have a little rounded arc. Then it's gonna swing through a little to the inside. It's gonna have a little rounded arc. Our arms can hang long, loose, and relatively straight. That pendulum style motion makes it simpler to create something that's repeatable. Your lower body shouldn't move at all. You would be amazed at how much people move their lower bodies. So putting is really, really important. I'm not going to put a ton of emphasis on that today, although it's something that you should continue to work on as you progress. Really to do it justice, I got to give it more time. I got to do a whole podcast on just putting or whatever. Let's talk about the hitting skills we need to keep developing. So single digit golfers, we want to hit greens, start getting that ball up and down quarter of the time or more. We want to be handy with a tool around the greens. We want to keep working to hit as many greens as possible. To be a single digit golfer, it's really not that fancy. Hitting 40, 50% of the fairways, that's good. Hitting 50% of the greens, that's enough. Getting it up and down 25% of the time, that's enough. But what starts happening here is our variance for poor shots just gets narrower and narrower. You can't afford to hit it 50 yards right off the tee three times around. You have to really just tighten up. Everything gets tighter as the game gets better. And that's why it's important you're always reinvesting and watching your technique. Because as your technique improves, your capacity to hit tighter cones of shots is, is progressing. As we're evolving with the game of golf, technique plays different roles. In the beginning, we need a good basic motion. We need good contact. As you move into this 80s, high single-digit type handicaps, technique will continue to play a further role because we can't be doing a lot of weird stuff. We need to tighten up how we move. We need to tighten up how we hit. We need to tighten up our contact. And we need to tighten up moving parts. The looser the swing is, the more capacity there is for that ball to fly right or left. And um, having good basic technique isn't, isn't rocket science. It's just something you need to observe and say spend 10 to 20% of your practice time working on, okay? 
So as you get into the single digits, technique becomes more and more important because what's going to happen at this stage is a lot of golfers are going to plateau because their technique isn't good enough to get them to the next level. They have too many moving parts. They're an athlete with good hands that gets the ball up and down a lot. They're not going to hit 10 or 12 greens per round because they have too many moving parts. So continuing to continually evaluating and reinvesting in your technique is something that's important. And it's the reason every tour player has a coach or most of them do is because they want things to be tight to kind of skip to the end here in a way. I think the complexity of going from a high single digit to say a low single digit to someone who might even have a plus handicap is I'm going to oversimplify it, but it's continually tighten up our cone and our dispersion. It's continually making better and better decisions on the golf course. It's learning to manage your way around the golf course efficiently and also having the self-awareness to know when you can and can't hit shots. Golf at this point becomes a very deep rabbit hole. Not everyone makes it to the low single digits or the plus handicaps. It's very difficult. If you want to make it to this point, golf should be your number one source of recreation. You should be treating it like it's important to you. You should be practicing I would say twice a week outside of playing once a week minimum. You should evaluate your statistics after the end of your round of golf. How many fairways did you hit? How many greens did you hit? How many putts did you have? Those are your basic statistics. 18 birdies is a good app. A lot of people use. I like that. It does a good job tracking some of the stuff that I think is pretty dang important. To get to the next level, we can't have any funky shit going on at the golf swing. We need to continue to work on and ask questions of what is the thing we need to be doing to hit more greens, hit more fairways, be tighter with our iron shots. What's going on? And if you want to be shooting, if you want to be playing top tier golf, 12, 14, 12, 13, 14, 15 greens per round is what it needs to be on your average muni courses or more. Um, Making putts is very important. We can't have three putts very often. Yeah. It's an oversimplified version of saying, hey, this is how you play great golf. But it kind of can give you some framework so you can say, hey, what am, what am I not good at? What is the thing that I need to work on? Where is the hole in my game? Being honest and having the self-awareness just to ask those questions is already separating you from the rest. Golf's a fun game, y'all. It's, it's really fun. It's a lifelong journey if you want to treat it that way. Golf is whatever you want to make out of it. It can be social. It can be competitive. It can be fun. It can be exercise. It can be a lot of things. And um, that's what makes it special. You know, golf's been my career. I've kind of poured my heart and soul into teaching golf. What we talked about for the last podcast or two, it's kind of the evolution of a golfer. There's some really good frameworks in there. It's hard to speak too generically because everyone is on their own unique journey. You kind of have to ask the questions of what do you need to be better at? Um, that's why it's important you can work with a coach or a mentor or somebody who can help you with that if you have it around if not you just have to be honest with yourself and ask those same questions what do you need to be better at to get to the next level what is the thing that your game is lacking and um, work on that thing and and don't be afraid to work on what you're bad at that's what the best players do developing a strong mind is a huge part of competing in golf and playing at the highest level now that's very much for for the people who want to play at the highest level and pursue that. I enjoy talking about that stuff too, although I didn't dig in too deep. But yeah, anyway, you guys, I think we had a great discussion. 
Let me know what you thought. Let me know what questions you have, what lingering questions you have. I don't know what you don't know. Do a little bit every day in the name of Better Golf. Subscribe to this wherever you're listening to it or watching it. Leave it a review. Share it with a friend. That stuff helps more than you know. And um, I will catch you back here for the next one.